also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the, to the master, prepared to every good work. Good morning. It's great to see you. Great we can be together. Uh, it already has been mentioned, the idea of our Bring a Friend or Friend and Family Day coming up in two weeks. So hopefully you've already invited people, but we're down to the two-week rush now, see? So this isn't Christmas. You don't wait till the day before to do, get it done. So uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to that and excited and uh, I'm excited that some of the people that I've invited, I hope they come, and I haven't quit inviting people yet. So, And uh, anyway, that'll be a great thing. You know, it is kind of interesting the way the Bible is and the many things that are put there for us to learn from. And, you know, I always like that the Holy Spirit, uh, using these writers, through these writers, uses all kinds of examples, physical examples. So I think about one, so I thought... You know, I'm going to do something today. So I think about that because the title of my sermon is Clean Vessels, and it talked about vessels there, and you need to clean your vessel. So I'm going to let you guys pick, okay, of which bowl you would want to eat lunch out of today. You want this one, or you're going to eat lunch out of this one? Now, this one has some eggshells in it, and I think I see some dog hair in it, and some coffee grounds in it, and... Uh, you know, no telling what all's in there, but we got one that's clean. But this would be okay, right? You know, and I want you to think about that. So let's say you go to eat lunch today, and every plate we have over there looks like this. Oh, man. Scrape that off. No, <laughs> you look at that. And it's not too appealing, is it? Well, I want you to understand, sometimes we might not be too appealing to God. Sometimes we can be just like that. And I think it's important, and I won't have time to cover everything, but he says, not everything in the house is of equal value and has equal use. And he talks about those that are of honor and those that are of dishonor. i got to tell you some stories from early church history in the United States of America. Uh, do you know that one thing that in rural America caused a lot of trouble uh, when they decided they were going to bring plumbing into the church house? Because they'd all been used to an outhouse being off to the side somewhere not in the house, and they couldn't believe you were going to bring anything contaminated and filthy like that. Many people wouldn't have it in their house for the first generation that it was available, because that was a vessel of dishonor, of distastefulness. Now today we think, man, we'd have to go to the outhouse this morning. It would have been chilly sitting down out there. Wouldn't it? But, you know, you look at that. I just want you to see that he's telling us not everything's of equal value. Some things are appealing and some things is turn your nose. Well, we don't want to, and many times, and we're going to look at some of these passages. I don't have time to cover them all. There's so much in the Bible about this vessel. But many times when he's talking about our vessel, he's talking about this physical body of ours. So I want us to look at a few passages together um, here today on this point. I think it's so important. And when I end, we'll be back to these bowls. 
these two vessels. So he says, in a large house, there are many vessels. There's all different kinds of things, some of honor and some of dishonor. Um, just to mention a couple of passages real quick, and I, I think it's interesting, a vessel of honor or dishonor, a vessel of honor or dishonor. So turn with me back to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians 4, um, verses 3 and 4. Listen to this. And if the church needed to hear that then, and they did, it definitely needs to hear this today. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. We talked about sanctification back here in verse 21 of 2 Timothy 2. Sanctification. Your sanctification, that is, that you abstain... We've talked about that before, what it means to abstain from sexual immorality. Is sexual immorality run rampant in our world today? Has it walked through the church building doors too many times? Abstain from it. When we know brethren are in those situations, we've got to tell them they've got to get out of it, whatever it takes. That each of you know how to possess its own vessel. Listen to this, same two words, in sanctification and honor. So we need to live a life that honors God. I know the Bible would teach me the way I honor God. Well, Lincoln brought this up today in our class. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Children, if they're going to honor their father and mother, were they obedient or disobedient? So honor's a big deal. It's especially a big deal to God. We saw that uh, with our study on Wednesday evening with a couple of sons of Aaron's, Nadab and Abihu. They were dishonoring God. They didn't give him the honor he deserved. Wow. That idea of giving honor, showing respect and awe is so important. And we've got to make sure we do that. Now this next passage I'm going to read, it's going to be a little bit lengthy and I'll probably read it and make some comments along the way so I don't have to back up and cover the whole thing at one time. But turn with me over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. Uh, bear with me as we look at this, but I thought we, you know, sometimes I just like to pull a few verses, but I thought I can't do that here. Um, so I'll start at verse 5 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For we do not preach ourselves... But Christ Jesus is Lord and ourselves as bondservants for Jesus' sake. Who do they preach? We preach Jesus. Who do we preach here at Franklin County? We preach Jesus. We're not here to preach Franklin County Church of Christ. We're not here to preach our own selves. We're here to preach Jesus. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in his, in the face of Christ. Well, there's so much about there, light, darkness, knowledge. Got to have all those things, knowledge of the glory of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surprising greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. We're frail, aren't we? Physically, we're frail. If I wasn't frail, I wouldn't have to put these on to read what my Bible says. When I first, a bunch of years I preached, I didn't have to put it on. But guess what happened? Age crept up on you, and that's what happens. So 
you lose your sight, lose your hair, lose your sense sometimes. But you know, you look at that, and we know that. We know we can be frail. We have some people that aren't with us today because of physical frailty of their bodies, right? We have some people that have physical frailties but are here today, and we're so thankful for that. But we have good days and bad days, and we are healthy. And So here he says, now let's make sure we know, we talked about that, and you know, I'm going to deviate from 2 Timothy for the last Sunday of this month and the first Sunday of next month. Last Sunday of this month for uh, Family and Friend Day, the first Sunday, well, that'll be our time we've existed as a congregation for a year, so we're going to do a little look back. But let's make sure one thing, I want you to hear this. The glory doesn't go to us, it goes to God. That's his point here. Who do you think you are to take credit for what God's done through you? And we need to make ourselves available, but he'll make us able. So let's read on. I told you I'll get lost in this. Uh, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Wow, these guys are tough. Always carried about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. There's that vessel again. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. doesn't make any difference what happens to us physically as long as Jesus is magnified, Jesus lifted up. We live in a society today where it's all about us, ourselves. you got to take care of yourself. Well, maybe. May, did Paul always take care of himself, or did he get beat and run out of town and near death a lot of times? I understand you need to try to take care of yourself, but if it comes between you being safe and Jesus being proclaimed, you got to proclaim Jesus, even at the cost of your own safety. Our world doesn't comprehend that today. Sometimes brethren don't comprehend that. So death works in us, but life in you. But have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. I believe, therefore I spoke. I believe it, so I'm going to tell you about it. We also believe, therefore we also speak. So maybe the reason we're not sharing the gospel with people the way we should is because we really don't believe it. Isn't that kind of what he's saying? If you believe it, you'd be telling people knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. And all things are for your sake, so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause and give thanks to abound to the glory of God. So when the church grows, what do we do? We give God the glory. We praise him. Then we get to this, and we usually just go right to these verses, but we have to know what came ahead of it. Therefore, because of all this, we do not lose heart, but though our outward man is decaying, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Whew. So while I'm living here in the flesh, i got to make sure I'm not letting flesh take over. I'm not letting concerns of the world take over. I'm understanding the soul and spirit. seemed like somebody preached on that last week. The soul and the spirit 
is most important to me because I know it's most important to God. That's what makes us different than all the rest of creation. And we have to see that great importance. But i got to live in this flesh according to what he says so that I can live eternally soul and spirit. Wow, how important that is. So jump back. That's just kind of introduc introduction of this. I also think the idea of honor is interesting uh, here in the passage, to be a vessel of honor. Now, it should be kind of easy to see here when he talks about gold and silver and then wood and earthen vessels. So let's say we have this platter, and it's like whew, solid gold. And you got this old piece of, well, it might be like some of our plates. You know, you can see a few fork scratches and knife scratches and some of the finish on that old uh, ceramic or whatever kind of stuff that's made out of. They don't have the same value, do they? Do you know honor has to do with the idea of the value of price? How much do you value it? You know, when you honor God, it gets down, who do you value the most? God, yourself, the spiritual, or the physical? That's, you, well, we looked at a passage in our class this morning. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and newer translations, say money or wealth. Old King James says mammon. You can't serve God in something that's physical. You've got to pick one or the other. That's all there is to it, and you always do. And so let's understand when we talk about honor, we're talking about the value of the price, the value of that. You put value in that, high value. It's honorable. So I want to show you something since we're in 2 Timothy. You know, he wrote 1 Timothy, the same guy, right? Okay, so just jump back to 1 Timothy real quick. We'll look at just a few verses here because he's already dealt with honor, 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 honor all the way through 1 Timothy. So when he writes this in here, Timothy can think back, hey, I remember reading this about, about some of this in the last letter you wrote me. So uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 17, he says, Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The Almighty God, the eternal God, is the highest value of anyone or anything, and He's my God, and I'm His child. Whew. I'm a son of God. My Father owns it all. He is it all. So he starts off saying who that honor goes to. Of course, that honor primarily goes to God. But he mentions about it in a few other settings, just to show you the idea of value. Jump later into chapter 5 when he's going to talk about widows. In chapter 5 and verse 3, now he says, honor widows who are, I don't have time to cover all this today, you can go home and read up, who are widows indeed. So are widows, do widows have value? When you look at this, do widows indeed have high value? Now, not every widow is a widow. As you'll look at this, they have to meet qualifications. Whew. So they deserve honor, respect, that we see value. In our society today, do sometimes we kick the aged to the curb? And I've talked to I don't know how many ladies. I'll have some 
somebody coming to look, fix something in their house, and they're frightened because people take advantage of them. And here's what they say. I didn't say this. Because I'm just an older lady, they try to take advantage of me. Well, the good thing to do then is grab them by their left ear and smack them upside their head. But no, not really. But you think about that. They deserve honor, respect. Why? Because of who they are. Because God said so. If God said so, that's enough. And we'll get down to that at the end of the lesson. I got to move on or we won't get through this lesson. Look on at verse 17. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor. Now, if you read this whole passage, you'll see that they deserve your respect and, and you devalue them, but he's even get to the point of some of them even deserve, because of the time they put to it, even paid. Wow. And then we get into some that causes a little um, shakiness in our society today. When you get to chapter 6 and verse 1, you know what slaves do? The Bible says, Kendall doesn't say this, the Bible says, they're to honor, they're to honor their masters. Hmm. That's what the Bible says. Jump on down to 15 and 16 in chapter 6. Um, let's see, is this what I want? Uh, chapter 6, verse 15 and 16. Which he will bring about at the proper time, he who is blessed, the only sovereign, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in an unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, listen to this, to him be the honor and eternal dominion. Amen. When you just, if you have any grasp of who God is and how awesome and great he is, how can you not show him the honor that he deserves? And how could you not follow his instructions, which he teaches us and tells us how to honor him? I don't get, well, I want to do it my way. That's disrespectful to God. You're worrying about honoring yourself. You think what you want is more valuable than what he told you he wants. You've got to be kidding me. And when I get worked up about that and say that to people, they think, man, we, we, we waded in deep water or something here. Well, you disrespected my God. It does anger me. It's one thing when you disrespect me, I don't like that either. But when you disrespect my God and you don't even grasp that's what you're doing, what a shame. He deserves all the honor. One more on that idea, and I, can't, I couldn't go without mentioning this passage. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Here it is, because it says a lot in this. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, would that be God? Would that be godly living? Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, what, you mean there's right and wrong? Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is any worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard, Sound like this guy's an example. And seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Whew. We've got to honor him. We've got to understand how awesome he is. But then you jump back over to where we started, 
So we look at this idea of who we are and we live in this physical body and it's our vessel and we're why we live in this physical body. We're to stay focused on that which is spiritual and give God all the honor and act in an honorable way. But then he says, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, from the things that take away honor from God. You know, when I think about that idea of cleansing ourselves to show honor to God, there was a verse we were even at this morning in class. Uh, it's over in Romans chapter 12. We probably know the verse well, but I'm going to hit one and two of Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, there's that vessel, a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Holy. If you go back here, it says, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Will be holy. And then he goes on, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove the will of God. That is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Wow. So we've got to cleanse ourselves by not being conformed to the world, but standing out in the crowd. Not by wearing a mohawk, but by being a godly person. We might have a different appearance because godliness demands a certain appearance, doesn't it? And we, we, we're going to talk different. We're going to act. Our life's going to be different. We should stand out in the crowd. We're not to be conformed to the world. I think about another one. Another one I thought about is over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. A lot said in this chapter. But he says, Or do you not know that your body, there's that vessel again, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you? Well, wait a minute. I'm not like the demon who says, my name's Legion for we are many, but I got someone else living in here with me. It says our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now think back to Jesus when on this earth, did he demand people treat the temple properly? Do we got to keep these temples pure and godly? Oh, so he says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Well, it only affects me. Nothing only affects you. For you have been bought with a price, and therefore you're to glorify God in your body. You know, the day I was baptized into Christ, the main reason I went and agreed and wanted to be baptized so my sins could be washed away and so I could have a reservation made in heaven. But that day I agreed to the price that was paid. It was a big overpayment. The price that was paid and now I'm owned. I'm not my own anymore. Hmm. We sang that song, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. That's a, that's, that's a song, that's a verse of someone who understands they're owned. And we're owned, we are not our own. We have to 
remember that all the time. Turn with me over to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. I've got just a few others and we'll start heading towards a different direction or further down the road. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. He says here, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Do what? Let us cleanse ourselves. Is that kind of like, judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you will make it shall be measuring. And it's kind of like you got, maybe you better take care of the beam that's sticking out of the side of your head before you worry about someone else's specs. You ever notice that? People a lot of times, you know, I remember talking to a person once. I didn't mean to offend them, but I guess I didn't think enough. My, my head doesn't always think right. But they were all getting bent out of shape about uh, the room at the hotel. And I finally said, I've been to your house, and this motel's way cleaner than your house. Why are you making a big deal? This is, I'm, I'm just telling you that's a fact. Why? Like this is, you got a beam sticking out of your head, and you're looking at a speck of this little thing here. I don't get it. Don't make any difference if I get it. God don't get it. He says, you've got to first look at yourself. We've got to look at ourselves. So he says, we've got to examine ourselves. You ever notice we like to examine other people better than examine ourselves? You know why you do that? Because we don't want people to see our flaws, so we point out other people's flaws. You remember Peter's being challenged by Jesus. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you. And, he, and finally Peter says, yeah, but what, what about John? paraphrasing, Jesus says, don't you worry a thing about John, I'm talking to you, boy. He says, if I want John to keep, never die, what's it to you? Wow. So we look at this passage, and he says, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in fear, respect, honor of God. Why am I going to do these things? To get you off my back? No. Because I want God to be honored, glorified. I want Him to be respected. So i got to make sure I'm being who I need to be. And you know what? When I try really hard, do you know I still a lot of times fail miserably? I don't like that. But I, you got to give it your all. And then you got, you're right. I did do that. I tried not to and I did it anyway. I need to beg for forgiveness. Sometimes in my personal prayer to God, I say, man, you are awesome. And I do not know why you put up with me. But I am so thankful that you understand what is my best as lousy as it is. how important it is to make sure that we cleanse ourselves. Just a couple other passages on that. One of them is really kind of different, and we won't... It's, it's a challenging passage. I guess all of them are challenging. But turn with me first over to 1 John chapter 1. I'm going to read 7, 8, and 9. I want you to take, pay attention to the cleanse part. The cleanse part, okay? Here we go. But if we walk... But if... If, 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 I, if. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. 
and the blood of Jesus' Son, so that he himself is in the light as God the Father. We have fellowship with one another. Me and God, we're in the same boat. Yeah, I like that. And the blood of Jesus' Son cleanses us from all sin. What's Jesus' blood do? Cleanses us from all sin. How do I get that? By walking in the light. How do I know how to walk in the light? He gave me a book. So I can know where the light is. You know, some. do you know, if we wait till it's nighttime, 7 o'clock tonight, and let's say, I say, come on, guys, we're going on a ride. And so you get in a vehicle with me, and we go on a ride, and I turn the headlights on, but then I close my eyes to drive. Is there going to be a problem? My lights are on. What's the problem? Kendall, you can't see the light. Your eyes are closed. Do you know that's what the problem is with most people today in the light of the Scripture? They won't open their eyes. They won't look at it. You can have all the light there is, but if your eyes are closed, it doesn't do you any good. So he says if we walk in the light, you get... Nah. Right now, and I don't do this very well, John will say that's true. I don't just stand still very well up here. So I understand the difference between standing and walking. Do you know he didn't say if you stand in the light? Do you know walking is to make progress, is to have movement? So it doesn't make any difference. I've been a Christian for 50 years. Okay, it's time. I, I'm, I, I'm plateaued out, man. I'm at the top of the food chain, so I'm done. But if you're done, we're, man, God's... Let's finish early, doesn't he? <laughs> no, you look at that. We just got to keep moving. If we walk in the light, then the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin. Let's read on. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth's not in. Yeah, I'm just good enough to get to heaven. Is that right? There's only been one of them, one of them ever. His name's Jesus Christ that's been able to go to heaven on his own merit. The rest of us, each and every one of us have failed miserably. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins. Listen to this. And to cleanse us, there's a cleansing again, of all unrighteousness. Again, let's just make sure we know the root word of righteousness is right. The opposite of right is what? Wrong. We live in a society that doesn't like the idea of there's right and wrong then you won't like God much because God is all about right and when he tells you what's right just do what's right just do what he says so how important it is to understand as we go back to this vessel thing that it be clean a clean vessel we got a clean vessel we're a clean person towards God and that we go to God and we understand how great and awesome he is and we give him all the honor and glory. And our whole life is about making sure that people can see his son living in us so that they might ask us what to do. One last passage. I wish I had time to cover it a lot better, but just turn with me over to uh, Romans chapter 9. I'd want to make break this chapter down in a bunch of lessons if I preached it. But it's one that caused a lot of people trouble. I'm only going to make one main point of it. Romans chapter 9, verses 20 and 21. Listen to this. On the contrary, who are you, O man, 
who answers back to God. The thing molded will not say to the molder, why did you make me like this? Will it? Or does not the potter have the right over the clay to make from the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another one for common use? Did you see what his point is? I'm telling you, here's the main point. I wrote it down like this. Who in the world do you think you are? Do I understand everything God says in the Bible? I understand a lot of what it says. There's some things, whew, that's over the top. You know why I don't understand it? Because I'm not near as bright as I claim to be. And whether I understand it or not, it's still the truth, isn't it? God can do, listen to me, because I think we lose this point. You know, God can do anything he wants. And he doesn't have to ask you or me for permission. And just because we say, well, I don't understand that, right? You're, you're... And I know one thing, one verse can't contradict another. So if you think it said one thing, but that contradicts another verse, your understanding is not correct. There are just some things, you know, I'm going to die or be resurrected when Jesus returns before my death. And I'm not going to know everything the Bible says and understand it fully when that day comes. Did you know that? But I'll tell you what I do understand. Don't be challenging God. Don't be thinking because you don't understand. It doesn't make it true. It's what he said. God is so plain. But here's where the problem is. Here I am living right here in this vessel, this physical body, in a physical ex existence with time-space dimension. And I'm trying to comprehend something that's in the level so far ahead of me in eternity that my feeble mind can't comprehend it. Oh, I comprehend some things about it, but whew. you think of how God even just tries to explain heaven. Do you, do you think that he literally means in heaven they're going to use gold as the covering for the streets? What he's trying to get you to say, you think of the wildest, most extreme and elaborate place you could ever dream up, and heaven is so far above that, you can't comprehend. You know what? He's got to explain it on a physical level. You know why? Because we can't grasp the other. So he points out here, I want to tell you, you got to make sure you do what the book says, whether you understand why it says it or not. You've got to do what it says. We've got to seek for understanding. And there's so many other passages we could go to, and some of them we'll hit um, this afternoon in the lesson. But you know, if you lack wisdom, you know where you need to go? Go to school. No. The Bible says if you lack wisdom, you ask God. So when you read a passage of the Bible and you don't understand it, keep studying it. But here's one thing you need to do. Pray, 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 and pray. Of course you need to study, and you need to accept what it says. So I want you to think about it. Here it is. I already saw everyone's reaction. So if you got to eat out of one of them, I already know you're going to take this one. We're getting ready to sing this invitation song. What's your vessel look like to God?
like this. Or like, what if I, let's see if I, there's one eggshell. Now, we just got, it, it's still a problem, isn't it? We need to make sure that we're clean before God, and that can only you can only receive cleansing through the blood of Christ. If you're not a Christian, you can only receive cleansing by confessing faith in Jesus, Son of God, repenting, and being baptized for the forgiveness of your sin. That's it. If you are a Christian, you can only receive cleansing now if you're not clean. You can only receive cleansing now and give God the honor if you confess and repent. If we can help you, please come as we stand and sing.